0: Today's episode of Times Ours is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from GoToMeeting all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Add to your flash briefing on Alexa or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app.
1: Everybody's working with that time's yours.
0: Everybody's locked down, including uh, the Kansas City Chiefs free agent budget for the most part. But some things have happened, and therefore we are all now gathered for another episode of Times Ours, appropriate distances away, all um, on our regularly scheduled podcast from home plans. This might be
2: the most normal part of our week at this point, guys. It certainly feels like that, uh, given the idea that what can I do with my time? I don't know. Look more at my phone!
3: <laughs> <laughs> my wife, my yeah. wife bought some random video game. Well, actually, my three-year-old accidentally bought it. And now my wife, I think, is getting addicted to video games. <laughs> and so What is our game? Uh I don't know. It involves a wisp and a defender of the forest type thing, and I don't know. You're like this little tiny bright thing i don't know man i i, I haven't played much I, I i played halo and just destroyed my kids the other night apparent <laughs> i i am literally no one can hear it but i'm being threatened right now because it, it's called it's called the will of the wisp and she's really awesome at it oh and i would never say anything about my wife that is otherwise could otherwise be taken to be uh, derogatory would, in any way. Nate, you say things now. Would,
2: would you? Well, my my question to you, good sir, is: Would she like to step to the microphone sooner? Because you hey, know, hold on. The, hey, hold oh, on. I, this is a good. There's, I've heard of this. There's game. only, I, yeah. And by the way, there's only hey. one wall between me and Holly right now. You know, the work, for, right. the, the quote unquote work from home with the spouse.
3: Like, I. This is a good. This is a good opportunity. This is like the new, the new life here. Hang on, hey, hey, baby. This is this is just good podcasting, right? This is baby was a little bit of a surprise, I'll be honest. Oh, really? Is that surprising? Yeah. Hey, babe, do you want to record I, with us for a little bit?
0: Well, it's not. I mean, we are
3: recording already.
0: It's sort of. At this we, point, she's sort of already, already kind of. You're making what? She's getting, kind of
3: accepted the the request for cookies my wife, thing, you know. She can't right now because she's making elderberry syrup. The <laughs> In the, the game, or? <laughs> there was a five second dead silence there.
0: I mean, sure, I'd like. To, is she I mean, making elderberry right. syrup in the game? Is that is that something Do that the wisp can control? Is, is that to something like,
3: that the wisp controls, Hun? To like send a witch to hell or something? It's it's a really fun it's a really fun game. And elderberry syrup is a syrup made from elderberry that is really good for you. Even though it kind of sounds like dingleberry, but that's not what it is.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna so the Chiefs uh, <laughs> oof, I gotta Okay, hold on. Back to the Google Doc. Good God. Um the Chiefs for agency, guys, what do you say before I say something about the phrase Dingleberry syrup?
2: So to up you know, to update and inform our lovely listeners, the Chiefs Thank you, Nate as of Tuesday night <laughs> re signed Mike Pinnell, who <laughs> Big Boy who said Kaiser loves and they also re signed Anthony Sherman. And these are two moves that I could have suggested last week were expected. It would have been a more of a surprise had they not returned based on uh both how the organization and the players uh like their employee versus employer situation. But yeah, they're both one year deals. Um Anthony Sherman is just as much of a value on special teams as he is in the offense, which I think kind of gets lost into all of this is that Dave Tobe mm. still needs like people he can rely on for like the course of like being uh, four core special teamers. And for Mike Pinnell, um, sure. Other teams saw what he did on tape. Uh, they would be stupid not to, um, uh, but he had made it clear even before the team, I think went to Miami, uh, through various sort of ways, suggesting that like, yep, I'm coming back next season. Even if we, you know, don't win the Super Bowl, or even if we win the Super Bowl, I'm like coming back. It would be a shock to me, and I'm saying this to you: uh, I'm going to be back. And so, uh, it, it it sort of falls under the lesser category of like, hey, the Chiefs would like to run it back and, and keep the band together. Um, the bigger, mm-hmm. the the higher echelon of that statement is like, you know, the continuing the continuation of the saga involving Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins. But hey, for now. That, you know, just for the record, this is Damian Williams is back, Damian Wilson is back, Deion Yelder's back, Andrew Wiley's back, Chad Henney is back, Uh, Anthony Sherman is back, and now is Mike Pinnell. Uh, Seth, I know you wrote about Mike on The Athletic, which people should check it out. Um, He's done this like four times now, and I'm just going to back away so that he can shower more praises at Mr. Pinnell.
3: Big Mike. Okay, sorry. I ca- I got to stop doing that. I can't pull off Big Mike. It's not we're not, MV, we're not doing MV We're not doing M V Pinnell or MVP. I still don't know how to pronounce his last I name. I never really enjoyed MV Pinnell. Um, I don't know. I like. I just. I love the fact that like Colin Saunders, who is a like a three hundred and twenty pound dude, calls Mike Pinnell Big Mike. <laughs> like that's awesome. <laughs> I'm not sure
0: that Colin Saunders has been 320 in the last several years, (laughs) but yeah,
3: sure. (laughs) But I mean, like, everything about Mike Pinnell is like, yeah, you want that guy on your team. For one thing, like, he, like, when he's standing next to, like, Chris Jones, who is a big boy, like, if you're ever at training Mm -hmm. camp, try to find a way to stand near Chris Jones. He's so tall. (laughs) He's just this huge guy like Pinnell is just like his arms are like tree trunks. And normally people say that about legs, but in Mike Pinnell's case, <laughs> he has, he has leg arms <laughs> that didn't work. He's got something. Anyway, I wrote about him. Let's, you know, to, to actually analyze him. What's cool about Pinnell. You can actually see the difference that he made in the run defense. They gave up a full yard per carry less in games that he played, which is remarkable because he was really usually only playing about 20 snaps a game. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he was able to have an impact, and there's other factors at work there, but you can sure. see an impact in, in the games that he played. And you also like if you do a little more like individual statistics, if you break it down, how many uh, he he made he made 19 plays where he stopped a run for three yards or less, which is generally like a win, right, for the defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He had 19 plays like that in 206 total snaps. Derek Nottie played 379 snaps over that same time span. And he had the same number of that kind of play. And hmm. that's not to denigrate Derek Nottie. Nottie's a good player, good run defender. But it just shows that Pinnell was able to make stuff happen. And if you if you go and take a look at the film review, I kind of just go over Pinnell has a combination of upper body and lower body strength. Uh, a great base. He plays smart. Good hand placement. He's just a good run defender. He knows where runs are going. He knows what to how to take on double teams. When to shed blockers versus when to just take them on directly. And he's just a tough dude to move. Like, he'll get hit by double teams. And then he just, he puts his legs wide and sticks that base underneath him. And he just goes nowhere. And I'm just, can you imagine what it must feel like to be someone walking around the street going, Man, 600 pounds of dude can try to push me around and it won't work. So I'm happy one year deal. He had an impact, even though run defense is by far the lesser of the two things that are important. He did help. He does move the needle. It's a relatively cheap deal. And he's a great locker room guy. One of the funniest moments of the super bowl. Like everyone loves him. Like just a couple people that I've been able to like, Oh yeah, that dude, big Mike's awesome. The funniest, one of the funniest, at least moments of the, Super Bowl mic'd up, or maybe it was the AFC Championship mic'd up, where Frank Clark, because he's Frank Clark, is just yelling, we punched him in the mouth! We punched him in the MF mouth! And, and he actually said MF, I, I swear. Um, <laughs> and he and he's like yelling, and then like the camera goes away, the camera stays on Fidel, and he kind of just looks at the camera, he's like, yeah, what he said! <laughs> and it was just so funny. <laughs> and uh, you need guys like that in the room. And so I'm thrilled about it. Um, it's not going to be like this... This huge, massively impactful thing that happens. Hi, Lucas. What do you think of Mike Pinnell? (laughs) (laughs) Thursday,
2: Thursday, excuse me, Wednesday happy hour podcasting could not go better.
3: Yeah, Yeah, it could Uh, not. One thing that you like,
0: you you mentioned like the logic of of him wanting to be back and everything, but I was frankly, and this might be me getting a little bit swept up in the in the Twitter sort of cult following that, yeah. that he earned throughout the playoff run. But I was a little bit surprised that it ended up being a one-year deal. As of this moment, I don't think anyone knows what the, exact, the, the yearly yeah, the exact, value is yep, for. The exact
2: figures are. Yep. It would be, it would be nice to know that. Um, I don't know that, folks.
0: It would. <laughs> it would. I mean, you know. If, if this is a one-year deal for uh, $14 million, I don't love it so much, and I know there's not a huge question there. But in whatever realm you think is more likely, um, would, are, were you at all surprised to see him agree to a one-year deal?
2: Well, I think the, the understanding from both sides is the Chiefs need as much flexibility as possible as they try to figure out um, Patrick Mahomes' deal. What are you going to do with Sammy Watkins if you restructure with him, which, you know, more signs seem to indicate this as long as this goes on. And then obviously, what do you do with Chris Jones will have a large impact. But the salary cap is supposed to go up as we go along. And so that gives them a little bit more freedom from the chief standpoint. For Mike, it was clear that in talking to some people, he had multiple offers. So I'm thinking three to four teams were probably in the mix. Um, with the understanding mm-hmm. that they were either going to have to outbid the Chiefs or give him more financial security over the course of two to maybe three years. But we've reached a point in free agency where I think every deal from now on is going to be around two to three years unless you have a mm-hmm. specific circumstances that puts you at an advantage for a team or for a player to, you know, obviously uh want to work together. And so that was a case with Pinnell where it gives him some ability to have some freedom next year because there's always the the assumption that, you know, when either team gets to the Super Bowl, it's really hard to get back. Um if you play really well this season, Mike Pinnell in 2020, you'll get an even bigger deal for 2021 that you would have that you would not have gotten likely this year. Um, I'm assuming much of the money in a two-year deal would not have been guaranteed anyway. So it is more advantageous mm. for you to just take a one-year deal now, uh, get as much of that guaranteed, play out the whole 16-game season, and then figure it out from there. So I think that's how the mechanisms and sort of the factors all played into into consideration for Pennell. It was, it was clear that the Chiefs felt we have a strong sense of retaining him. And so – Uh, If you want to shop around, Mike, by all means, go do that. But, like, we understand that we have a pretty good situation here. And the thing that I thought about as Seth was talking was think of a player not in a star caliber. that's obviously, you know, Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, who was a player last year that just came into the system of Steve Spagnuolo and just seemed to fit it as well as Mike Pinnell did as quickly as he did. Um, and so from a pure schematic standpoint, it makes sense for him to come back just to say that, Hey, like I came in, I knew exactly what my role is. I learned the defense pretty well at a decent amount of time. And so it made sense for me to see what I can do with a full year in this system versus going elsewhere and trying to learn it yet again. Um, I think that's the easiest way to understand it all. But I, I, I understand Chiefs, con- Chiefs fans' concern, I should say, would say, hey, like, why didn't we just sign this dude for two years? He earned a two- to three-year deal. And it's like, well, th- there are other factors at play, and they need to sign as many people for next year as physically possible to help them in 2021, 2022, and ultimately twenty three.
0: And again, Seth's got the article that went up this afternoon if you want to see some examples visually of, of what, what Pennell did and what he did well. Yeah, But Seth, in kind of a last call, is is there anything else from his performances that, that you think are is especially noteworthy, or is it time to just uh, direct everybody to the article?
3: Yeah, I, people should read the article. Also, keep in mind, keep your expectations adjusted. I mean, he has developed kind of a cult following, but understand that Pinnell's a good player, but he's not mm-hmm. a game changer. Don't expect him to be this dominant force next year. Expect him to play pretty well, like he did this last year. Um, also... Uh, Mike Pinnell and Chris Jones don't play the same position. Um, defensive tackle is not just defensive tackle, and mm-hmm. and 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 Chris Jones is 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 what's called a, a three tech. He he's a penetrating um, interior defensive lineman. Generally, not asked to do the same purposes as as a one tech like Mike Pinnell. And if I have to tell anyone else this, I'm <laughs> I'm going to freak out. And so that's why I'm trying to say it right now, very calmly. Also, yeah, deep breaths. Also, if we have time, I need to address the Jamal Charles and Priest Holmes debate that's raging in my mentions right now and Twitter. I'm so mad at you over this. You've you've ruined it, you've ruined my day. But anyway, that's completely <laughs> off the topic. I oh, apologize. Well, I did want to
0: let you talk about Jamal Charles a little bit in in the article that that went up. Uh, earlier this week. Um, oh, sure. You can do that. You can do that now if we need to. Do we, do we need to clear out of the lane? We can We can wrap up the Mike Pennell and uh, Anthony Sherman thing and, and just let you yell about... <laughs> Seth wrote about old Chiefs games you can watch where you are quarantined. Yeah. It's a very good article, and they're very good games that I frankly forgot about. And Seth, you made the point on the radio with me last night on 810 um, that that there's a lot of good memories that we gloss over because they those seasons had bad endings, which I right. definitely have done. Um, but apparently it had some unintended consequences in your mentions.
3: It definitely did. I do want before, so before I get into that, Nate. So uh, Nate, I hope you saw. This is it. the you know, pre tangent. tangent. Oh, I, oh right. I saw. This is the pre. <laughs> do you do you have a favorite from so this, part one was 2009 through 2014? Oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. Anyone who can, anyone who can hear this, NFL Game Pass free right now. You can go watch old Chiefs games. I guarantee you, now that they've won the Super Bowl and the memories of Matt Castle no longer have power over you and all that stuff, some of these games are so much fun to rewatch. And I was just curious, Nate, do you have a favorite in that in that era, 2009 through 2014? Because part two is going to be 2015 through 2018. Do you have a favorite, Josh? I was curious. I never asked you about that. you had mentioned it a little, but I was curious. Yeah,
2: I I think for me, the more I think about it, um, man, this is kind of a hard choice. And I understand that because, like, there are a lot of fun memories of just, like, hey, like, you forgot how good it, it, it was for certain players or certain situations in the season. I think for me, it is 2014. Um, The on to Cincinnati game, as I like to call it, Uh, because
0: yeah, that's good. Because
2: what what people may remember or may not remember is that this is on the heels of the Royals doing something that like seemed insurmountable a month ago, where all of a sudden they took down Mike Trout in the Anaheim, Los Angeles. Where are they? Angels? And so, what I always remember from that game, and this is way before I started covering the team for the Athletic, of course, was that they had like Billy Butler, Alex Gordon, you know, Salvador Perez, like they were all on the field pregame. And then it just so happened that, like, hey, you know, here comes Monday Night Football, here comes Tom Brady. And they smoked them. And it was also
3: <laughs> Yeah, they did
2: it was also the first it was really the first game in the second run of the Bill Belichick era where another coach literally looked at Bill Belichick and put a clown suit on him. Cause that's what Andy Reid did <laughs> and just made him look awful. And it wasn't so much that it was Tom Brady's fault that he played so well. I felt like it was a more schematic situation where say what you will, yeah. Bob Sutton came to play that day folks. Um now he had more mm-hmm. he had more horses to play with than what you probably remember in the 2018 season and we all understand why. Um but yeah. The last thing I'll say about That's the last thing I'll say about yeah. that game is it was the height of Gronkowski um and he was also outperformed that day by Travis Kelsey, who kind of announced himself to the national uh yes. to the whole country that like hey, I I'm I'm mm-hmm. I'm As close to as good as that guy is on the other side of the ball doing similar things where it was pretty clear that Alex Smith was just like, I could throw it to Travis Kelsey and Jamal Charles the entire game and we'll probably win by 30. And everybody was like, yeah, go do that.
3: Yep. Mm just like that. That was such a great game for sure. For sure. What about Josh? I'm sorry. I'm taking over host duties. I'm so curious. <laughs> yeah, what your you favorite and, You is. and Nate have
0: both like thrown to topics and I'm just sort of sitting here just mouth and gape. <laughs> just like I mean, that's fun. Um yeah. I I think my favorite my certainly my favorite from this list is the Jamal Charles five mm. touchdown game because it was so it great. was just it was just the time whenever for for so long it always felt like Jamal Charles could score whenever he wanted to. And this game, that was literally true. He <laughs> just so great. kept scoring, and and you know, Seth. Whenever we talked about this yesterday, like I had a moment looking at the highlights of this and being like, "That's that's Dwayne Bowe and Jamal Charles. Yeah, man, I missed them. Oh yeah, Alex Smith was playing court. Yeah, this was an Andy Reid team, wasn't it? Yeah. And I I just have such a strange, and I'm aware of it now. But I have a strange sort of segmentation in my mind of eras where where Dwayne Bowe and Jamal Charles don't really exist in the same space as uh, as Alex Smith and Andy Reid. Like they're different, they're they're different eras to me. So this one also falling in that that space in between. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'd like to go back and and watch more from from that that crossover because even looking at some of the highlights from the Raiders game, there's there's at least one pass that Charles catches with like. 20 yards of space in all directions <laughs> it seems mathematically impossible but it's just like oh yeah Andy Reid schemed that up and Jamal Charles is the running back and the pass catcher here that's what that's what that looks like and it, it also makes me a little bit kind of yearn for for what he would look like in this offense just because of the fact that I'm watching it now like Alex Smith is just throwing a football um to Jamal Charles with no one around him and yeah of course of course he's going to pick up third and 19 which is something that happens all the time now but here it happened just cuz Jamal Charles got the ball and then he scores off of it like it's just it that's it that's such a wonderful example of both what Jamal Charles was and what Andy Reid was even without having Patrick Mahomes and and I appreciated that sort of opportunity to to go back down that
2: memory. Yeah lane. it was it was the right. it was the perfect like hey who's the best coach in modern NFL history, to to scheme up, design, and teach screenplays, well, it's Andy Reid. Yeah, who's the best? Who was yeah. one of the best running backs of all wow. time in yards per average on screenplays? Uh, Jamal Charles. Yeah. Hey, who was a defense yeah. that could not operate in space or make open field tackles? The Oakland Raiders of 2013. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just like it was it was an it was a,
3: unbelievable conglomeration.
2: Yeah, it was a perfect cocktail it, where they just so hand good. it to you, and you're like, "How did they make it this good? How?" <laughs>
3: Yeah, Yeah. no, it was so, it was so good. It's easy to, it's easy to forget now that, that you had Charles with Reed for a couple years and both of those years. And in one year they kept splitting carries with Niall Davis for reasons, I guess, (laughs) um, both years he was well over 1200 yards. I think he was over 1300 yards, both, both years, total yards, um the first year in 2013 before they started giving the ball to Davis way more than they should have he had 1300 yards rushing he had 700 yards receiving like it's one of the great travesties of our era that we didn't get to see Charles with Reed more especially with Mahomes like man when they did that like retirement day for Jamal and Mahomes hand off the ball i was just like i was shook up man like i could not work the rest of the day i was just like man it would have been can you imagine charles this is before reed started doing that vertical route out of the backfield that they've scored with so many times yeah dang it you know what i mean (laughs) dang it because like what 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 you gonna you gonna have donta hightower cover him down the field that would have been like 20 yards of separation it would have we would have been laughing but anyway I'm I love those answers. I hope people go and read that article. It's so much fun to go back and revisit those games because again, those memories of bad playoff endings, they don't have power over you. So now you can like you can forget about how disappointing the 2010 season ended up being and just enjoy the chaos of the 2010 home opener where like Arrowhead was like shaking in the rain in just this downpour as Phil Rivers failed on fourth down, and it was amazing. So people should have fun with that. The yeah down, it's the downside to all this though, oh yes, go ahead is I, I I I I mentioned Charles a couple times. A lot of people know he's my favorite chief. I have very strong opinions on Jamal Charles' ability as a player. Um, I think he's I think he's one of the greatest runners that ever lived, and I will fight anyone to the death on this. I, I think it's to I think death? it's a stone cold fact to to the death, Briscoe. Hmm. Seems like
0: seems like a bit of an overreaction, but I don't want you to kill me in cold blood, so I'll keep oh, that to myself, I guess.
3: I will straight up kill you over this. Seth, I've always known that. (laughs) (laughs) So so basically what ended up happening is I've had a few people reply, and this is something Chiefs fans do. Yeah, but Priest was better. Look, I like Priest Holmes a lot. Priest Holmes, awesome player, awesome guy. Priest Holmes also ran behind the best run-blocking group in the history of the league. Yeah. And and you just, pe- you can't quote his stats at me. You can't. I mean, you can, but the reality is, I even had someone tell me, well, the reason that line had such a great reputation, this is what someone was arguing with me, is because Priest gave them that reputation. It's like, dude, Willie Rolfe and Will Shields are in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Brian Waters made multiple made Pro Bowls. A ton, of, a pro ton bowls. of Pro Bowls,
2: yeah. Casey Wegman
3: Tony was, Richardson, was
2: very underrated. Yeah, yeah
3: Casey Wegman, yeah, it was considered a very good center. He made a couple Pro Bowls. Uh, the, the right tackles they they shuffled through. Tate was really good, and they shuffled through a few other guys that weren't bad. Jason Dunn was known as one of the best blocking tight ends in the league before Priest and after Priest. There's a reason why when Priest got hurt in 2004.
2: They just handed it right off to uh, Larry, Larry
3: Johnson. Yeah, they just went right off to, to, to Larry Johnson and Derek Blaylock. And didn't (laughs) skip a beat. Like, this is the group, Dare, like Larry Johnson took over and a slightly worse group in 2005 and ran for like a gajillion yards. And so, unless you're ready to make the case that Larry Johnson's the GOAT, too, you've got to take that into account. And it just drives me crazy how, even as we're getting a little smarter about sports, we are still so obsessed with stats, especially like people are like, well, look at those touchdowns. I'm like, yes, but. That's not really a measure of greatness of a running back, and and the the, the way someone phrased this to me because people were arguing back and forth. I actually I, I'm gonna be honest. If you're a listener and you were one of the people I was arguing with, I probably muted you because I w- it was starting to irritate me. I will unmute. It was you. either that or murder. So <laughs> it was either yeah, mute or murder. And you know you know we all love a good Eminem. And so the <laughs> I, I thought that wasn't bad. That was a good dad joke. Right, M&M's? I snorted. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. I mean, threw my head on my own desk. If you want to know, if you want to think of this in good terms, we always wonder what Charles would have looked like behind that 2002, 2003, 2004 line. People always wonder, right? I've never heard anyone be like, man, but can you imagine Priest behind that 2010 line? Right, <laughs> or right. and priest was an excellent receiver, good vision, good, good bounce, very good all around running back. I think he would have slayed an Andy Reid's offense for sure, but he's not he's not Jamal. He's just not, yeah, and I think if you put which also doesn't mean him, that you
0: have to you have to take your pleasant memories and then throw them in a garbage can right. uh, because i, as i would i would say, um, maybe the most recklessly anti-running back value <laughs> person on this podcast. Sure. One of my fondest sports memories, and maybe my first in-person sports memory, at least maybe my first football game, I think, I was, was uh, Priest Holmes against the Bears, breaking the single-season rushing yeah! touchdown record. I remember that well. Um, And it was great. And I, I appreciate that memory now while also acknowledging that, Priest Holmes was a good running back with a great offensive line, and yeah. you know, Chiefs Hall of Famer and all of that for sure. But we don't have to, we don't have to get silly about it, folks. Like you can, you can watch him and Jamal Charles and and see who the better natural runner was. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
1: it, it's, it's gotta be right there. I'm yeah. gonna, so I'm gonna leave, it, I'm I gonna just, leave it
2: here. I'm just, I'm just gonna nod my head and say, let's move on. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Thank you, Nate. I almost didn't say anything about... I was trying to give a positive note to sort of get off the topic with, but now we're here. Seth, do you feel better? I feel much better. That's good. That's good. You know what makes me feel better? Having food delivered in my door. Yep, you heard me. That's you just It just shows up like magic. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about DoorDash, and DoorDash offers several great options for the intros to these promos. Like lots of, oh, you could say this or this or this. Here's one that they didn't write, okay? This one is a Josh Briscoe original. Everything is awful. Everything's on fire outside. (laughs) Stay inside. Let the food come to you. This is actually, it's actually very simple. So you're locked in. You're barricaded into your home, right? Barricaded is a strong word. You can just, you know, stay at home orders and whatnot. You're going to get hungry, though. You're going to get the rumblies in your tumblies. You can only eat so many tortilla wraps with with deli meat. Maybe you micro the tortilla if you're fancy a fancy boy like me. Throw that tortilla in a skillet. That's better. You're doing yourself a favor, but you can only do that so many times. You can only clean so many dishes before your your psyche completely breaks in two. I, I didn't know that DoorDash was going to be sponsoring today's episode until this morning, and I literally used DoorDash last night. Uh, Plus, you can use it, as I did last night, to support a local restaurant that you enjoy in your area that is certainly having uh, a rough go of it right now with the entire world being, as I mentioned earlier, completely on fire. So support a local business or get your national favorites brought straight to your door with DoorDash, ordering is super super easy. You download and open the DoorDash app. You can choose what you want to eat. Your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Uh, it's also it's got all of your lo- favorite local places. Over uh, uh, over listen to this over three hundred and ten thousand restaurant partners in four thousand cities. So if you just uh, did this not very long ago, also with DoorDash, just was like I don't know what are you thinking Chinese food? Sure, got a place that we never had before. It was great and it showed up because uh, DoorDash is excellent so right now there's never been a time to a better time to use doordash again support a local business around you or get one of your national favorites and you can do it by getting five dollars off your first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter the code time that's five dollars off your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code time don't forget that's code time t-i-m-e for five dollars off your first order with doordash stay inside for the love of God. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys were surprised by uh, by a couple of, of things that happened on the inside of the Chiefs' offensive line. Man, we got there. That was fine. That was close enough. Uh, the, the Chiefs did not pay Stefan Wisniewski, and they were reportedly mm. interested in Andres Pete, who ended up signing a huge uh-huh. deal to stay with the Saints. Um, Nate, you made a noise just then. What did you think about the uh, those two corresponding moves or non-moves? Uh-huh.
2: So, <laughs> as I've tried to explain to some people, um, Stefan Musniewski, really talented player. This was also a situation where the Chiefs wanted a one-year deal. And they said, hey, yep. you know, if you and your representation find something better, then we will shake your hand, congratulate you, and wish you the best of luck. And that's what happened. Plus, there was a much easier clear path for Wesnewski to start with the Steelers on a two year deal starting next year. Like he can be one of their starting guards on opening day in 2020. That was maybe not the case with Kansas City where he was gonna have to be in sort of a training camp position battle with Martinez Rankin, depending on where he is, uh in his rehab. Who
3: they really yeah, like. Yeah, who they
2: really like. And who and by the way, played really well in like five straight games before uh what occurred in, in Tennessee where literally every offensive lineman got hurt in that game, it felt like Um, it feels like Andrew Wiley is going to be given another opportunity, uh, if he's fully healthy next season, but this mostly indicates that if they find something that feels right, that gives them a little bit of flexibility and also look towards the draft next month, folks, I don't know how much longer Laurent Duvernay-Tardif has with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that is ultimately the, the biggest sign in all of this. Um, the Chiefs have targeted a position that they feel like they need to improve on or just get younger at. That appears to be the offensive guard position. The writing's there. Read it if you want. Um, but we'll see how this sort of develops between now and the draft where, look, if a team feels like, darn it, we missed on that second to third round grade of a prospect that we really like from an offensive lineman standpoint, and this could also be the Chiefs too, by the way. Could you pick up the phone, call Brett Veach Danny Andy Reid and say, give me the full medical on Laurent nouveau tardif Is he coachable? Is he flexible? He's got a little bit of mobility left in him. Not terrible in pass protection. Okay, what will it take to trade for him? The issue with that is you'd have to take on his salary for the 2020 season, which I don't know how many general managers are willing to do that if you can't take a draft pick and develop him. But that is probably what could occur in april before the draft or even during the draft and this sort of leads to the whole idea that um he appears to be someone who doesn't seem to fit their logical um plans for 2020 and beyond um but good for was i know some people were upset about that he is in year 12 and i think that Chiefs ultimately just want to get younger at that position
0: Seth, I know that you had, you had even asked uh, Adam Kaplan, I think had the news first on Wisniewski, and he, and he told you that he wanted that chance to start that that uh, Nate just mentioned. Um, in that whole guard conversation, did anything jump out to you in particular?
3: Um, yeah, Adam was kind enough. We had a little conversation about it. Um, he just mentioned that, you know, Wisniewski, this he's gone through this before. That teams generally view him as a backup, and then he ends up starting, and he does a really good job. <laughs> and then the next offseason, teams view him as a backup. And 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 I mean, Kaplan's as dialed in as anyone not named Schefter or Glazer. So I mean, if, if Kaplan's or saying Taylor. that, that's <laughs> no, Taylor, no, that's I'm sorry. I, I, look, my ego
2: is not over. You know, it is not that. Outs, you know, outside of my brain or side of my head. No, it's fine. I completely sure. I agree. Wow, that went places. <laughs> I jumped that in was, the air and didn't was. know whether I was going to shoot or pass the basketball coach. <laughs> that
3: was <laughs> that was a Michael Scott right there. Sometimes I start talking and I don't even know where my sentence might go. It's, yeah, it's not the it's, it's
2: nothing like, hey, I just turned the ball over because like, I traveled and I didn't pass and or shoot. And the coach looks at you <laughs> like... Son and I'm like, mean, my bad, coach. We've my bad.
3: bad. We've all done that. We've all <laughs> jumped and then thought, wait, I didn't make a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in yeah. my case, I don't have long <laughs> you, to ad lib before I come back to the right. Ground. All I was gonna
2: say is you so. were you your your original your initial statement there, Mr. Kaiser was spot on with 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 Adam and moving forward.
3: Right. Which is it's so funny to me that the Chiefs wouldn't really view him as a starter. I understand they want to give Wiley another shot because, like, basically when I, I actually had the rare occasion where a few people reach out to me, and maybe because of my befuddlement, uh, that was, I was very open up. I should be befuddled on Twitter <laughs> clearly more often. Cause then I get people that like reach out to me. It's like, Hey, well, Hey, here's what happened. And so, I mean, basically they reached out to Pete because they viewed Pete as an upgrade over LDT and they were willing to spend money. If they could upgrade at the position, they don't view Wiz as an upgrade and they view him as kind of a backup. Like what you said, Nate, which Okay, fair enough. Me, I would have tried to keep him around, plug him at the left side, but I know they really like Rankin. And so if Rankin wins a spot, great. And then I guess we'll see what happens with LDT. Maybe he can turn it around because it's not like we're a year removed from LDT playing really well before he got yep. hurt. So and he did what, what,
0: get hurt. Like there is there is sort of the, I don't know if it's an outside, outside shot, but I, I have realized it's not something we've talked about probably enough that... He he had like a spiral fracture in his leg. Like mm -hmm. it was bad. It was bad, and so I I don't think at least there's an. It's certainly not a non-zero chance that he's just not completely back to real, genuine health yet. So the the issue, and I would say this: the issue is too like
2: um, it's not Laurent Duvernay-Tardif isn't a good player. We're not saying that. It's just a matter of numbers in terms of the cap where he is just on the line. Where you know his base salary is six point four million dollars. What if it was like four point four? You'd feel more comfortable. But it's like that (laughs) it's like that five and a half to six, with the understanding, like, are you gonna get like adequate production for that base salary? And are you gonna stay healthy? And you're not getting any younger, and like maybe we could, like Seth mentioned, upgrade. It's all a part of that. I mean, his cap number is essentially nine million. Um, so if you're a $9 million cap hit as an offensive lineman, you should probably play really well. Just to give you some context, Mitchell Schwartz's cap hit is like $11 million. So in terms of like, you know, where he sort of is, like, you need Laurent DuVernay-Tardif to play just as well as Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, are. Eric Fisher has, by the way, a $15 million cap hit next season. Um, so, that is the thing. you know, and but, but again, Eric Fisher, pro bowler. Mitchell Schwartz all pro. Laurent Dudate Tardif. Went on went on a good day that is year. slightly above average, you know.
0: Um one thing that we we didn't mention earlier with the uh, Pennell Sherman signings is that a lot of people saw that news last night and went, well there's got to be a move, they got to free up some space. Um uh, worth reminding everyone that the the salary cap is only your top 51 players, so whenever they are added back to it, about 1.2 million will quote unquote, free up as as the two guys that are making about 600 grand drop below that cutoff point. But I, I do expect that we think that, that Pennell and Sherman are both going to be making more than that total. So were you guys surprised at all that there wasn't a, an update yet? Do you have a timeline, Nate, when you would expect something? And um, what would you expect in terms of size of the yeah, corresponding move? Yeah, it's
2: moderate is what I would start with um, in terms of the corresponding move. I don't I mean, these things are so fluid. You don't think it's Watkins, uh, Jones, or LT? It's it's specific, it's right? a fluid situation, fair? you know. Like it, it, there's a there's a ripple sure. effect, kind of where you know the market sort of dictates. Okay, is it time to 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 make a move, or is it time to stay back and see what other teams do? Is it a time to, okay, let's negotiate this shit again? Let's see if we can get to a more, um, you know, understanding from one another based on what you need versus what I need. I mean, there's there's so many things that have to come into into play where that I feel like the Chiefs are basically like they've dug their heels. They know what the situation is. And when it comes to Chris Jones, we just going to hold like just hold on like that. The image I find is a dude who's on like, <laughs> you know, who's basically you're on a boat. You're going probably faster than you should. And you're like, I'm going to get out and I'm going to hit this raft dog. I'm going to just I'm going to just hold on dear life and i just feel like that's what the chiefs are doing right now not to say that like it's going that turbulent but like you're you're committed like if you let go you splash like splash and body hurts (laughs) like if you (laughs) if you let go yeah like you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy it so i feel like that's what the chiefs are with chris jones and sort of everything with that sort of dictates you know elsewhere I don't see a team right now just jumping up and saying, "Hey Sammy, like here's a pick. Come on down." So you could you could I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. it's clear to me. And again, things are fluid. We could always be surprised. Hell, Bill O'Brien is still out there, y'all. But <laughs> until <laughs> until we get to about a week before the draft, like we could basically kind of be where we are now. We're like, "Hey, things could change, things could improve or you know, not improve based on your perspective of what the team is trying to do. But, you know, there's always that initial like, okay, we're a week before the draft, that initial deadline of like, okay, are picks going to be moved? Okay, do teams really know what they have? Yes, have teams readjusted their draft boards based on their priorities and based on scouting? And this year, as we all understand, based on working from home, whoo, I can't imagine what those draft boards look like this year, y'all. It could be all over the place. So it's just, <laughs> it's just a bizarre year where you're like, man – you know, Brett Viska could say, like, hey, I feel I have a, a, a real shot of understanding what the Philadelphia Eagles are going to do this year based on seeing their draft board, based on seeing their roster, and seeing their history based on personnel, da yada, yada. I have a real understanding of what the Cardinals are going to do this year. Hell, I have a real understanding that John Elway still has no plan. But this year, it could feel... <laughs> Like you don't have a, a real sense of what anybody's doing beyond just looking at it from a from a from a yeah. from a viewpoint that like any fan will. We're just like, okay, here's the here's the ninety-ish man roster they could have. Here's what we think they may do in the draft. But hell, who the hell knows? So up until about a week before the draft, y'all, I have a big like shoulder
0: shrug. Um all right so I, we have a bunch of questions that I want to I want us to be able to get to but the chiefs did make three small signings since our last show. Um I will let both of you pick first but we're each going to get like 20 seconds to so talk about one of these guys. Seth, who do you want?
3: I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. What? <laughs> <laughs> I want the quarterback. Nate, who do you want? I want the quarterback. Clock ran I'll, out take, on I'll the take the young. Dang team. it. No, I wanted the quarterback. been <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I Do wa- you want Rimmers want or Hamilton? Jordan. Rimmers or Hamilton? Uh, Rimmers. Uh,
0: okay. That's I. That's how I figured this would go. Uh, Nate, you're up. Uh, the, uh, the Chiefs signed Jordan to Amu,
2: uh, put quarterback at Ole Miss, played for the St. Louis Battlehawks in the XFL, played really well by every XFL metric. Get ready, Cal Shermer. You better be on the workouts, young fella, because it appears to me <laughs> that he's. <laughs> He's he's starting from behind already. Um. By the way, t- tape on Jordan from Mexifil looks good. Don't know how much validity you, you can yeah. take into it, but hey, he looks good. Hey, he, he was pretty good in the SEC, all things considered, based on the talent around him. um, Maybe Brett Veach has found another diamond in the rough at the quarterback position where you have an easy backup plan moving forward beyond... 2020 to where like hey maybe this is Jordan's sort of redshirt year and that if and when Patrick Mahomes gets injured in 2020 we have someone who's similar to him who knows the style in the system and yeah if I was Kyle Shermer I'd be I'd be working out all day every day
3: Seth 20 seconds on Mike Grimmer's go uh, they needed a guy who's played all over. Tons of starting experience. Seems like a guy that if he goes in, isn't going to kill you uh, at any position but center. He's the new Cam Irving, except, and I mean this with all due respect to Cam, he's been better than Cam Irving throughout his career. Probably not at celebrating, though, because Cam is an awesome celebrator.
0: Antonio Hamilton is a corner. He was most recently with, with most recently with the Giants. He played pretty well in week 17 whenever he did play. Um, this is certainly not the Bashad Breland or Mo Claiborne or even Orlando Skandrick move. Uh, he's got, again, like two career starts. One of them was in the, the last week of, of last season, but he's been great on special teams. He's probably replacing somebody at one of those gunner spots. And if he's your like fifth corner, the guy that you developed that you hoped, uh, I mean, lots of guys who have come through recently, you hope that he develops in any way there whatsoever. That makes sense. It's a pretty shallow position group, obviously, for the Chiefs right now. So you can have a special teamer who also plays corner. It makes sense well enough for me. Uh, all right, we did it. We made it through three players. Woo! Seth, I feel like I, you took the you lost the wind out of your sails whenever uh, you didn't get to talk about the quarterback. But you know that's but Nate was ready. Nate was ready on the buzzer. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, oh well, no,
3: well, I was I was reading about what I'm allowed to leave my house for. So oh sorry. Nice. I got distracted. Nice. That's my bad. It's I'm got- locked in again, guys. I'm Seth- here. Seth, just say every, just out. say
2: everything's essential. Um, one one bit of news that I just thought of, or like not news, but like speculative information, um, uh, in terms of the, maybe the next domino player, watch out for Bashad Breland. We'll see if the mm-hmm. Chiefs keep him. That's 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 sort that of the awesome. yeah. that's sort of the that little would, teaser I can give great. for like maybe the next couple days.
1: Ooh. I'll also
0: add on this, like just today, Nikhil Roby Coleman signed with the Eagles for like a million dollars, and everyone's like, "Wait, why? Why weren't the Chiefs in on that?" There have been a couple of those little corner moves that I've raised an eyebrow at that have that have made that have made me want to speculate on Pashad Breland a little bit. So that is music to my ears, Nate. Good, that's uh, good, good speculative news. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we have a bunch of questions that we asked for, and we, of course, we have six minutes to finish doing them. That's very unbrand for us. <laughs> Uh, you can tweet questions at us all the time at binate Taylor, at realmnchiefsfan at jbbrisco. Use the hashtag times ours. Uh One of the questions was asked to give our final four in a beer bracket that has tweeted out and been run by Platinum Sombrero on Twitter. Um, Seth, I know your three are you have three waters and then like maybe what like a San Pellegrino was your final four? <laughs> I, 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 think I'm, I think I'm allowed to duels, but I'm not sure. That's it. Yes. No, Duels <laughs> as a play-in game, wins yeah. Seth's championship. Uh, Nate, what was your final four from the beer bracket?
2: Yeah, so my tastes have matured, hopefully, uh, based on this. Uh, love Blue Moon. They are not? my national champion. Um, I just love a good Blue Moon, especially as it gets warmer. Sam Adams' Oktoberfest, like, I grew up on that beer, y'all. Like, it, it got me through a lot of memories. Like, six years yep. old, chugging yep. it. Uh, Stella, love a good Stella at a bar. And in terms of the local uh regional. Uh I took Casey Beers Dunkle um mostly because it tastes delicious and subscriber to the podcast and the athletic um you know has has been uh you know has been made to have made it at Beerco and I've I've now jumped in the air and I don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> you're good. You land. Producer
0: Danielle, what was your final By the way, the final four there were four different regions. It was like a uh, basically a uh, import uh national local and and etc are basically the four regions
1: yeah and i had to recuse myself from your local bracket because i am in california and have had zero percent of those beers Very similar. um so my, my my four would be blue moon like nate said kona and then uh, pacifico was my last one i think that would be my my winner for that and i love all types of beers now like but you know being in southern california tacos are like the best thing down here and you got to have a good beer to go with those tacos so pacifico has mm. got to be the winner
0: never had pacifico Pretty solid. Uh, I also have Blue Moon coming out of the the domestic region. I went Blue Moon Corona Boulevard Wheat, and then Lining Kugel and Sh- Kugel Summer Shandy beats out White Claw in overtime buzzer beater. Um, just because it's really a beer bracket, nope. so like White Claw shouldn't really get farther. Ain't, than that. ain't
1: no laws with drinking claws. Ugh, man.
0: That's uh, for the bracket, also. I guess Lining Le- Kugel Summer Shandy over Boulevard <laughs> Wheat in the championship game, another buzzer beater. Can
1: I tell you a quick, uh, funny White Claw story, really quick?
0: Please, so, I would love that. So
1: so uh, you know I play I, well, Seth
0: Cover your, take yeah. your headphones off.
1: Before you know this all happened and everything shut down I'd play hockey you know a couple times a week and it's always someone's turn to bring beer for the team at the end. Uh, and once as a joke I bought a thing of white claws oh. and you know, everyone oh. everyone was like clowning me or whatever and then everyone popped it open and started drinking like yeah. we're, like actually this is pretty refreshing like and for the rest of the <laughs> season it was always white claws for the rest of the season. <laughs>
0: that's perfect man and that's how th- so you you try it once as a joke and then it's a way of life Seth you can put your headphones back on now
3: you know I just um, I just don't understand you gotta us us sober alcoholics just don't understand why you people are out here <laughs> drinking anything that has an alcohol percentage of lower than 50 like what's wrong with you people <laughs> well, it's, it's 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 not a shots bracket that's next oh, week. oh okay I, I didn't realize people ever drank other things so yeah the man—that's both funny and sad. Now that yeah, I think about it, it sure, it sure
0: is. <laughs> um, Derek asked about Bashad Breland. I feel like we nailed that one already. Dylan asked if we were in a triple threat tag team wrestling match, which chief would you have as your tag team partner? Like ever? Like Again, on the roster that now? Let uh, make get a current chief.
2: Uh, yeah, let's go, let's
3: let's go, go all time. Chief. I'm taking I'm taking Chris Jones.
2: Well, I know I know Seth's and Mike Pinnell, right? I mean,
3: that's that's just an yeah. Easy if it's chance. current chiefs, it's got to be Big Mike. I mean, come on. Ah, uh, wow. Well, Fred Clark is a dog, man. <laughs> yeah, That's I was I was right gonna answer. be like,
2: well, I mean you know, I would I would like to see Tyron Matthew too. Like I would just like to see what he could do. <laughs> uh you yeah. know, just two spry guys out there, you know, with these monsters.
3: <laughs> the Rey Mysterio Jr.
0: There ended up being so many more questions than I expected there to be for this. I only gave people like a 30-minute warning. Um, this is actually like, I think this is a very good question from Nick who says he's only been following the Chiefs in the, in the sport as a whole for about 18 months. So it's a, it, he says, sorry, it was an ignorant question. I think it's a pretty good question though for a lot of people. Is it unusual for a team to be this quiet for the first few days of free agency? And then why are the Jones and Watkins situations taking so long to sort? Nate, of course, you have thirty seconds to answer this. Max, (laughs) this is
2: this is this is somewhat unusual. Yes, I, I think I mean it is a fair question. Usually, a team that wins the Super Bowl tries to make one nice, you know, crowd pleasing move. Chiefs have yet to do that, but, again, a lot of things are up in the air regarding Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins.
0: Last one for you, Nate, and maybe Seth ought to take a couple more after you After you have to bounce. We can figure that out. Um, but here's a, here's a tweet. Are you threatened by any of the moves made by other AFC West teams? Is there a move they could realistically make to change your mind? Nate, I don't know why this feels like an applicable question for you and something you've written recently.
2: Yeah, so I have written about how the AFC West has now come to the Chiefs, which is, like, very unusual, where it used to be like, hey, the Chiefs were yeah. chasing you know insert whatever quarterback john elway peyton manning uh whatever the raiders are doing in the early 2000s now because you have patrick holmes Everybody needs to get better on defense, which has been hilarious. I give the Ra- the Raiders the most credit because they have been like, "Do you play defense? Sign up right now. Like, can you can you cover anybody? <laughs> okay, then you're on our team." So shout out to the Raiders who are really acknowledging. Yes, in order to do anything, we got to find a way to be Patrick Mahomes, who has slayed us every time we've been across the field from him. <laughs>
0: Uh, Devin asks if re signing Mike Pennell uh, guarantees the Chiefs will be back
3: to back Super Bowl champions. Seth. Seth. Well, I think it would be insane to say otherwise. Glad to Um, see that these questions aren't getting too high. Mark it down. 2020.
0: (laughs) Most of these questions are about Sammy Watkins and Chris Jones. So I actually think we've done a pretty good job here so far. Draft questions will take a little closer to the draft. Um, a lot of these have we've covered some of this ground already so i feel i feel decent about what we've we've covered up through this point uh we will continue to if you have specific questions throughout the course of the week you can tweet all of us again at jb briscoe at real m and chiefs fan at by nate taylor use the hashtag times ours and uh we will eventually run out of things to talk about at some point during the off season and take more questions but we're still bad at managing all of that now yep also, forty percent off the athletic if you go to the athletic.com slash times ours. Nate, I forgot you can't leave because you have to end the show. Oh, it's okay.
2: Um, you see, coach, because we've been self-quarantining or because, you know, social distancing, I haven't been in the gym as much. So when so when when Seth or Josh passed me the ball, I think I'm going to do something great, and then I jump in the air, and I forget exactly what I'm going to do. So when we come out of this, I'm going to hit the gym hard, I'm going to work on that jump shot, and I'm going to work on that jump pass that gets the defense off balance. Um, and by the way, shout out to Elizabeth. She is the one who works at Casey Burrico. Uh, she helped develop Dunkle. It is delicious. I would encourage everybody to do it. She's a subscriber to The Athletic. So she might as well get a shout out. And, yes, next time when I jump in the air, I will know what to do with myself.
0: I cannot make that promise for myself.